Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sing to the Lord, the podcast that breaks down how the Lutheran hymnody is preaching the gospel. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. What you're hearing is the hymn, There in God's Garden. Welcome back to Sing to the Lord. We have our two tenants of the garden here, Zachary Brockoff and Lars Olson. And this week we are talking about the hymn, There in God's Garden. I've got the dirty fingernails to prove it. Bingo. <laughs> right on. Let's see yeah. it across, from the, the, across the table here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we continue this week in Matthew 21 um, after Jesus has um, um, been speaking with the Pharisees. Now he goes and tells this parable of, uh, of the vineyard and the wicked tenants that have uh, been called into it. And Zachary, you've chosen for us this week, There in God's Garden. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you know of the, this hymn's history. Well, as nervous as I am to speak about the outdoors, being a musician and <laughs> acting like I know something about gardens and vineyards and vines and I don't know, any of that stuff. Um, and this hymn is full of that kind of imagery really throughout. Um, it's interesting that in its original form, it really was a meditation on um, Jesus' seven last words from the cross, which we still we get echoes of in this. Um, it was originally, if you think six stanzas seems like a lot to print and sing, it was originally 15. And uh, they, they, the Lutherans um, have taken our translator, Eric Routley's version, um, in which he cut out all of the seven last words and instead left a lot of the, the imagery uh, that I'm, that I, of which I spoke. So, um, Literally just cutting the guts out of it, and it does, leaving back it does the imagery. Seem yeah. That way, yeah. So you, you, um, this is one uh, that you have to sing in the context of the sermon. You, I don't think it works uh, as an opening hymn. Um, I don't think it works as a sending hymn. It's too long, but something uh, around sermon time. Uh, this does well next to the text. I think so. Um, that's what we know, and so uh, this is what most hymnals print. I haven't, I haven't seen, though, th- though it is available in its full form. Uh, what most people sing, obviously, is what what's printed, and uh, this is this is what most congregations have in front of them. Um, but I think it's helpful to um, because you've got a lot going on in the in the text too uh, to figure out um, that we're finally going to sing about. Christ and the cross and our rejection of the Son um, is really, I thought, where the heart of that passage is finally going, having something finally to say not only about the tenants and the Pharisees and um, all that kind of thing, but also about Christ. Um, and so I thought the first stanza, as it, it, it begins in a sort of innocent, strange fashion, right? There in God's garden stands the tree of wisdom. And you you can figure out pretty quickly that we're speaking about Christ and the cross. Um, but uh, I think there's something to be said that um, in this garden or vineyard or whatever, take, take the imagery the way you want, from which tenants sort of are coming and going and God's saying, uh, <laughs> I'll find my way uh, to, to, uh, to redeem my people. 
um, in that in that garden stands the tree, right? That's immovable. That's not changing. Uh, this is actually what it means to be in the church: is to stand in front of that cross, um, and Christ's cross specifically. Um, so, despite you know our rejection of uh, the Son, God's determined to bring, as the hymn says. Um, beauty out of death, um, knowledge of God's mercy to all people. Um, you have to do some unpacking of all of this uh, during sermon time, but I think that's in the in the hymn. It's just the first stanza. Yeah. I, the, um, the imagery, like the tree of wisdom or the tree mm-hmm. of knowledge, you know, you get that uh, throughout the Bible in a, in a handful of places. Um, but I, I think you have to get away maybe from the, the sense of like the tree of knowledge of good and evil yes, in the garden sure, to right. seeing the tree as the cross of Christ, which yep. is really what this is, what, the, what this is pointing us to toward. Uh, and that in his, in his suffering and, and death, uh, finally that the blessing of God is going to come through there, which is exactly what he's trying to get at in, uh, in Matthew 21, right? In this parable um, saying, <laughs> look how many have rejected me. Uh, mm-hmm. If we kill the son, finally, it'll all be ours, right? Uh, but in the rejection of the uh, the one they have rejected has become the cornerstone, the one that now is the bu- building and foundation of, uh, of the entire church. Yeah, the interesting thing too, I think, or maybe the helpful thing about this hymn is it's easy to hear this weekend's passage and think, because the passage says so, they realized he was speaking about them and start to remove ourselves from the story and sort of say this is um, Jesus' accusation of those people uh, back then. Um, But the hymn won't let you really do that um, in pretty vivid language. Um, Our greed has starved uh, this tree, our despite has choked it. Um, It it is to say um, this is your sin nailed to this cross. Um, And... uh, and this is really throughout the, the entire hymn. Uh, second stanza, the name is Jesus, um, which is simply uh, the one who saves, our Savior. This is actually the power of it, as, as you're saying. Um, and so uh, throughout, you, you can't run away from, the, from this weekend's passage and, and pin it on the Pharisees or something like this. Now, in, in this hymnal, this is put into the Lenten section. Yeah. And uh, why would this be a hymn to sing at the uh, middle of October? Well, it's strange. And actually, um, I was talking with somebody uh, uh, last week that um, uh, was asking, we were going to sing a, uh, the choir singing, not a setting of this, but another sort of passion type hymn. And it's like, what, does, what place does this have in the middle of October, right? Um, but it's almost... It's almost like uh, the the reaction of uh, the leaders in in this weekend's scripture reading. Well, this is sort of nice, and all of a sudden it dawns on them. Oh my goodness, they're actually talking about <laughs> me and our rejection of of Christ. And so, um, uh, frankly, because this isn't necessarily associated with Good Friday or or Palm Sunday, it doesn't have a strong association. Um, it seemed like a, a good time to sing it, and. Um, uh, simply says again that each time we're gathering, it is to hear something of God's death and uh, Christ's death and resurrection. Um, so just even to move out of saying like you know the cross is on Good Friday, right, the rest the rest right. of the year we are uh, right. we're we're just oblivious to this. Yeah. <laughs> and to bring some of the imagery together um, of of the parable and and uh, and the cross, I think is helpful. 
Yeah, I think it works well actually to to pair that with just the the image of the of the vineyard that mm-hmm. is also um, you know God's uh, favorite uh, image of His people and and the land that He's given them um, a place that um, a place that is overflowing with milk and honey or providing all these grapes uh, uh, that is producing great fruit in the world, um, but of course that it's that it's uh, that also has been rejected in the rejection of of Christ, and he's going to have to rebuild that um, again. So uh, that's what I see happening in this mm-hmm. in this hymn is in that rejection. That is how God is um, bringing the new creation forward, mm-hmm. rejecting our rejection of the old uh, in order to make the new. It's interesting too. I thought in stanza five that um, you get sort of an echo of seven last words kind of language. Uh, but it's not the original. Um, Lord, uh, into your hands, Lord, I commit my spirit um, is actually commentary, um, as, at least as far as I could tell, on the on the seven last words. Um, and so uh, saying in the cross is actually uh, uh, our end. You know, in Christ's death and resurrection, we have our end, we have our resurrection, um, and and now we place all we have, all that God has given, uh, finally ends now in what Christ has done. Um, so that's not actually Jesus speaking. That's, I think, the response of those who have, have heard this good news, that the one we've rejected has given us his inheritance. So, Well, it couldn't be any more clear than uh, we becoming the words that Christ speaks of us. Right. Um, so that we confess the words that he gave us. Um, that becomes what, uh, what we actually believe and turn back to God which you have said to us. Thanks for joining us this week on Sing to the Lord. Check the show notes for Zachary's stanza-by-stanza commentary, as well as a list of other hymns we recommend. See you next week.